Back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today is Sunday, March 21st, in the first round of the March Madness NCAA tournament. I did that out of order. Is complete. And what a mess it was. Uh, Zero perfect brackets remain. I mean, that obviously isn't a surprise, but man, was I wrong. That's how fast it was, yeah. I... I... I'm going to be honest. We suck. I'm hurting. We suck. I'm hurting. Yeah. Because not only was I wrong, but my own team got eliminated. So it's, uh, I mean, not a whole lot is going going right at this point. Um, It was, even by March Madness standards, it was an especially chaotic. What, this is the most most double-digit seeds advancing past the first round in history? Now, a lot of that has to do with, I think there's a lot more power fives in double-digit seeds than than in usual years. But regardless, there there are a ton ton of upsets. A lot of mid-majors just, uh, you know, showing up. So let's uh, let's just go through each game. Recap recap each one a little bit. Chronological order. Yeah, we'll we'll start with the first game of the tournament on Friday: Virginia Tech, Florida. We were both extremely extremely confident on on, uh, Virginia Tech, and um, we our brackets got busted. I literally put Virginia Tech (laughs) in in every single one of my brackets. I put Virginia Tech because I was uh, I was pretty confident in them, and um, so yeah, my bracket got busted in the first game of the tournament. Virginia Tech. Lost in overtime to Florida. Florida looked a lot better than, honestly, I was giving them credit for. They played very good defense. Uh, Virginia Tech did force overtime, but obviously Florida State won. And honestly, I should have I should have known Virginia Tech would do this to me because they've only played like three games since the beginning of February, so that alone should have just really been a, a red flag. Uh, I think Florida was a little bit underseeded. I mean, especially we were talking about how Tennessee got a five and Florida got a seven. We probably all overlooked Florida a little bit. They started the season a bit, eh. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they came. They came to play. And the thing is, Colin, Colin Castleton, their big man, um, the the Michigan transfer actually. Yeah, he went he, off. He had nineteen and fourteen for them. So I, they played really well and they they rebounded really well. So that is something. And the thing is, now I mean, I don't want to. Overlook the the person we'll talk about a little later, but they they'll go on to face a 15 seed, you know. Instead of a two. so all of a sudden Florida's <laughs> looking at their chances, saying like, oh, you know, we might actually have a good shot of getting to you know the Sweet 16. Even uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Next game, Colgate taking the loss to Arkansas. A lot of people had this as an upset, an upset. which I could see because Colgate's one of the best three point shooting teams in the country, and Arkansas has shown to be vulnerable a couple times a season. Um, and they, honestly, Arkansas looked terrible out the gates. <laughs> they looked well, terrible, yeah, and, and, and Colgate theme, was and a, taking it to them. A theme in this in this tournament has been teams either just shooting ballistically from three or, or just, just not being able ice, to hit a shot. Ice cold, yeah. Uh, and, and Colgate started out shooting really well and then fell off a cliff in the second half, and Arkansas took, took over in the second half. I mean, they won the game by 20 in the end. So it really wasn't. Yeah, and it was. It didn't look too bad. So they really just took off. 
And and I you know I I wrote down in my notes that you know, they had four starters in double digits. Justin Smith, former former Hoosier, with 29 leading scores in that game. So okay, love to see that as a as a <laughs> Purdue fan. Um, so yeah, Arkansas takes care of business, which this region was a huge problem when it came to high seeds and taking care of business. Anyway, um, moving down to the other region, Drexel, 16. See, not a lot to say. They got blown out by Illinois. Iodasunmu had a great game. Again, not a whole We're lot not to really s- not a whole lot to say other than Illinois Drexel. looked polished and like a one seed took care of business. Next, we have Utah State, Texas Tech, and again, this is another matchup that a lot of people very have. popular upset call. Yeah, well, this, yeah, because uh, Utah State shoots pretty well. They play decent defense, and they have a seven footer. Uh, you know which. I'd say not a lot of smaller schools can say. Yeah. Uh, and Texas Tech, we've talked about multiple times this season, has has been very up and down. And the thing mm-hmm. is, Texas Tech, I wouldn't say they played exceptionally, and, it, and the game was no. mostly neck and neck, I'd say, the whole way. But yeah, Even their front men didn't have a great night, right? I mean, McClung, 16 points on 6 of 16 shooting, which isn't it's very it's not, it's not great. Not incredible, yeah. But in general, uh, you know, Tech shot 41% from the field, which isn't good. But they did shoot 39% from three, which is very good. So so that will be interesting in the next round to see just because, you know, you are going to need to play, I mean, you're bigs especially. Uh, Texas Tech is Arkansas, so the team we just talked about. That's going to be, I mean, again, we saw Arkansas, you know, struggle early with good three-point shooting teams. If Tech can polish it up a little bit, hit some threes, it could mm. be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they do need McClung to not shoot so low. Not be so inefficient. The field, yeah. though. I mean, because he, he is their... I mean, he's their... He's like catalyst. Yeah, well, he's that that star player that we always talk about, right? Where you just you just need them to play, play well. They do. Yeah. Uh, next game up after oh. that. All right, this one's a big one. All right, so this was the first like major, major upset of the tournament. And, you know, listen, I was laughing at the time, and boy, did Carl get me. But uh, the Ohio State University got, ran out the gym by Oral Roberts, the 15th seed. And, you know, it was satisfying as a Purdue fan because, you know, it's nice to see a Big Ten team lose, get upset. But it's also nice to see it happen at Mackey. Um, Oral Roberts, again, this was another one. Where people were talking about a potential upset, and I kind of shook it off, like, yeah, maybe, but also, like, you know, I do. I had OSU in my national like, championship like, game, bro. I have, yeah, that's that's tough. But it's just like, listen, Ohio State. It's just like you thought, you know, a pretty upperclassman team. You have NBA level guards and and f- players on that team, right? Like, there's just there's no shot that they blow it, right? And Another sure one enough, of these high-volume three-point shooting oh my gosh. teams, right? Oral Roberts took 35 three-pointers in this game. over half of their field goals. I think they didn't even shoot that well. No. They, they didn't. So they, they took 35. They only made 11, which is which is honestly bad. That's in the that's in the bad territory. It's just or Ohio State shot worse from three, and they took less. Well, and they had 16 turnovers, right? That's that's really bad. Yeah, you can't do that. And, or Oral Roberts, which is, to be fair, only is, had six, so they yeah, took care which of the is ball. Which so surprising, 
Because you have these NBA guards, and then you turn the ball over 16 times to Oral Roberts. And I mean, like, Dwayne Washington alone missed nine threes. It was three of 12 yeah, from beyond the arc. And he also, I mean, they did have a shot to tie it again in overtime. And the, the free buzzer, throws, too. And he missed, he missed that three at the top of the key. I mean, it, it just was like the, it was, it was a perfect storm. The thing is, what's crazy is as deep of a hole as Ohio State got into, they yeah. managed to, to pull it back at the end. And even without the overtime, they had a couple chances to win it right at the end because Oral Roberts kind of slowed down and mm-hmm. they took a couple of like bad shots late in the shot clock as often happens with these smaller teams late in games. They yeah. kind of just ran out of well, offensive they, they creativity. They panicked a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Ohio State just couldn't capitalize. I mean, EJ Liddell carried... Yeah, right? he had, even he, he missed a couple. He was the the lone him. I mean, CJ Walker played well okay. at the bench, yeah. but 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 EJ Liddell really was the sole player who had a good game for Ohio State, uh, at least in their starting five. And then obviously we have to talk about Oral Roberts. They had the leading scorer in the country, Max Asmus, and he scored twenty nine, five of ten from three. So despite yeah. the fact that the team shot poorly from three, I mean he, he did, did not. And then <laughs> Kevin Obanor. 30 and 11 quietly. Everyone's talking about Asmus, but he had he had 30 as well. So, hey man, are we going to see a 15 seed? So Super as 16? as I mentioned earlier, right, Florida the 7 seed now will go on to play Oral Roberts the 15, and I'm not going to count out Oral Roberts now because nope. they've shown not obviously that, that they they can. They, I mean, again, they shoot on average they shoot better than they do in that game. So if we go based on statistics, you have to imagine they're going to shoot better. Which you know, is next terrifying time. thought considering they shoot thirty five. Well, I really don't know what to think for that game, Florida versus Oral Roberts. Now, I really don't, because yeah. you yeah. have to look at Oral Roberts so much, so much differently than than we did before. Yeah, and I didn't give him credit before, but, but now I do. <laughs> yeah, we learned our lesson. Uh, Hartford Baylor, the sixteen one in the South region. Again, not a ton to say. Time. Baylor took care of business. All their guards put up numbers. Macy Oteague let them led them with twenty two. Four of eight from three, they look they look just fine. I'm not worried about them. All the one seeds were kind of chilling, honestly. It was everybody else that was messing around. Uh, Georgia Tech, the nine, lost to Loyola Chicago, oh the eight God. seed. Loyola. Yeah, we messed. This I didn't up. really I didn't really watch much of this game, but they were they were efficient from everywhere. Yeah. Forty seven from the field, forty one from three. They out they out rebounded the te- uh, Georgia Tech, twelve to one on the offensive glass, and a lot of that is Cameron Crutwig, and he's an absolute mammoth of a human being, he's a and he's a hilarious looking. I mean, what what a look! First of all, I'll just say that. Not to be, I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, and they and four four of their five starters in double figures. Lucas Williams Williamson twenty one points for them. They look honestly very. Like they look polished, like a well-oiled honestly, machine, and and despite the fact that they're a mid-major, like they have the roster of a, you know, a of of, of a <laughs> power six team. They they are pretty balanced across the board, and uh, and Georgia Tech's not bad. Even though they were not the favorite to win the ACC tournament, they still were the four seed there. I mean, or Georgia Tech was pretty good. Teams? So, Loyola Chicago, not messing around, and and I was kind of cautious uh about them just because i mentioned in one of our previews like teams that have these crazy cinderella runs in in previous years i just always feel like they lay lay eggs 
you know, the next tournament that they're in just because everyone's, like, super high on them and, like, oh, they're going to do it again. And it's like, ah, no, teams are more aware of it. But I do think Loyola Chicago is just one of those programs that oh, they're, they're well run that they're able well, to yeah, do Yeah, they might just... They, they might be going from the Cinderella territory to, like, no, they're actually a respectable... Yeah, like a perennial like, tournament team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Oregon State, the 12, beat Tennessee, the 5. Finally, shocking, feel Shocking no one. I, I saw <laughs> this coming a mile away. I think you yes, did as well. We, we, we both, both agreed. This. We both agreed Tennessee was way overseeded. This was, they were the most overseeded team in the tournament. Because we talked about how we kind of underestimated Florida... Right, because they were a seven. Tennessee being a five made no sense, and I'm glad that they got punished for it. I mean, Oregon State smoked them. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State, they led essentially the whole game, 48% from the field, 48% from the th- from three-point range. They out-rebounded Tennessee 40-33. to 33. Once again, four out of the five starters were double figures. I mean, it was a pretty thorough beating. I mean, again, they, if you were to watch that game with no seeds you would assume Oregon State was the higher seed. I mean, they just oh, looked yeah. better to eye test, oh, yeah. let alone yeah. the statistics. So that, was a, that wasn't terribly shocking. It really respect. wasn't. No, I mean, they're winning. Weirdly, but they're yeah, winning. The Pac-12 is what, 6-0? Yeah. Conference of Champions? <laughs> Fooled us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State, the 4-13 and 13 matchup. Oklahoma State beat Liberty. It was not a pretty game at all. They only won by 9, I believe. Yeah. Oklahoma State started super slow, and it was a tight game, and then I think they started to pull around halftime. I mean, Cade Cunningham, who we are pretty much unanimous, unanimous across the board, best player in the country. Yes. He might have had, had his worst game day. of the season. Yeah. 3-14 from the field. He had 15 points, but seven of those came from the free throw line. Uh, Avery Anderson carried that team in this game, 21 points, 8-14 from the field. But... Oklahoma State. I mean, I expect him to re- to to bounce back, but you know, I'm I'm not I'm not super worried about Oklahoma State because like they are really good and they have the best player in the country. And they've proven it but over and over, right? I the only thing that does concern me is they have played a lot of long, tough games in the last month, right? Think of all yeah. the top teams they've placed, all the o- overtime games they've placed. Then they went deep into the Big Twelve tournament, right? Yeah, maybe they're a little fatigued. I'm not gonna say Possible. that, but but you know, they do have a tough road ahead. Uh, just some of the teams in their region alone. Uh, okay, this game surprised both of us. Oh uh, yeah, as people that follow the Big Ten season. So Wisconsin, no the nine, blew out UNC, who was the eight, and we were both pretty confident UNC was okay, was good enough at the guard position that it wasn't a they huge mismatch, and that yeah. their bigs were just superior. The thing is, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't miss from three. And Davison and Demetrius Trice just heated it. Dude. Yeah, I mean Brad Davison went for 30, five of seven from three. Demetrius Trice had 21 points. Also, Wisconsin took care of the ball. Fundamentally sound. Only six turnovers. Only 11 fouls. And the thing is, we talked about UNC's greatest asset being their bigs. They got out rebounded by Wisconsin. By a, yeah, which is not known for their. Which I mean, like, I, mean I just I I didn't see that coming personally. And again, this was one of those yeah. games where I like across the board I was like pretty confident in UNC had and I had them yeah. advancing, and I was proven completely wrong. And and Wisconsin won by almost twenty. So that was a beatdown, and shockingly so. Uh, Cleveland State Houston, fifteen two matchup. Not again. Not a ton to say here. Houston didn't really even play their best game. They shot 28% from three, and they led start to finish. 
there, it's hard for these games, right? Because it's hard to gauge Houston and how they'll do in the next round because the because they year. played a you know they played a 15 seed and they didn't play that well and they still won by you know 30 points. So <laughs> it's it's hard to gauge. It's a little bit like their uh, regular season against the uh, American Athletic Conference, but um. Their competition is going to get a lot tougher real yeah, quick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they go on to place Rutgers in, in the next round, which I think yeah, will which be... Which has some I actually, guys, think, yeah. I actually think that'll be an interesting game. I, I uh, Oh, yeah. In one of my brackets, I had Rutgers beating them. So, listen, you know. Hey. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next game. This one, uh, obviously, yeah. near and dear We're to our take hearts. take some time here. Near and dear to our hearts. This one was, <sighs> this one was a tough one to watch. Uh, North Texas, 13. The mean green. Just taking it to Purdue. Yeah. And uh, you know it was it was tough to watch. Overtime, Purdue tried to make it a game late. It's just too little, too late, unfortunately. For we Purdue. were lucky to even get to OT and then an OT. I mean, yeah, over. Purdue trailed. Apart from the opening bucket, Purdue trailed the entire game up until like the last two minutes. Then they were able to tie it, force overtime, and then you know North Texas completely shut us out in overtime. And I'm and just I, amazed I, that I, we got out rebounded. I've got some stats. Doesn't happen against Big Ten teams. So Purdue, every five years in the tournament, Purdue gets upset. 2011 VCU, 2016 Little Rock, and then this year UNT. So that's that's not great. It's not a great track record. Um, North Texas shot 48 percent from the field, and they shot 43 percent from three. So we both agreed in the first half they literally could not mix. Could not no, miss. Excuse couldn't me. miss the first half. Could not miss. And, and combined with Purdue's... And we know they're a good three-point three shooting team, but they just could not miss a shot. Like, I mean, we, yeah, like we, our defense on the three-point shots was, was not great. So oh, they no, had open looks. But even the contested ones, they just could they just could not miss. And and combined with the fact that Purdue shot like 30% from three, which is, is just average at, at best, uh, Purdue could not keep pace for the most part. And... Mm-hmm. The thing is, Purdue out rebounded them, which was to be expected. Thirty-seven to twenty-eight, offensive boards eighteen to six, and uh, unfortunately, just just could not yeah. get over. And the, the thing is, our our defense just could not force the the turnovers. Right? Yeah, they were not getting. Through, I mean, North Texas had five turnovers on the entire game. Four of their five starters were in double digits. Uh, Javion yeah. Hamlet, their their point guard, twenty-nine points. He had twelve boards too, which is like just. Shocking to me. Dude, he was everywhere. I mean, he had almost half their team's rebounds. <laughs> also, he has the cleanest floater game. Yeah. Since he cookies. takes the most floaters. He takes the most floaters and hits them at the highest rate in the country. It was a little bit depressing. You watch these very large Purdue big men try and close, and he was just like, nope, I'm just going to just boop, float yeah, this it, right Yeah, it was just top. a tough game to watch because you knew yeah. no matter what Purdue did, they just they could not get over the hump, and North Texas no. just brought it to them. They really did. They just looked yeah. like they wanted it more. Well, obviously, yeah, we watched really this did. one very closely, but uh, that was a tough one to swallow. That was that was a rough night. Um, Rutgers ten seed over Clemson, the seven seed. I had this in my bracket. I didn't. I didn't. I, again, I I just thought Clemson. There's nothing they do that wows me, and Rutgers has the the player, the type of players that could just put it together. And the thing is, Rutgers didn't even play that well. I mean, statistically speaking, they shot forty percent from the field, twenty twenty uh, percent from three. You know, not their best game. Ron Harper, one of their best players, had was not 0 for game. 6 from 3, yeah. 3 or 14 from the field. And and the one thing that they did well was they rebounded. They had 36 rebounds to Clemson's 26. 
thing is, Rutgers, again, not the best offensive performance, but they have the ability to put it together on random nights, and, and that's where I'm like, okay, well, maybe they do make and it a game. they're an experienced team, right? Yeah, yeah, right? They Like, you look at their players, they've, they've been together for a couple of years, they're upperclassmen. Even though they haven't been in the tournament, they would have made the tournament last year. Obviously, that got canceled. Um, but I just think that's why it makes the Houston game intriguing because, you know, who knows what could happen. They they, they could put it together. Yeah, with, with teams playing such differing schedules the whole year, like, it's just so hard to tell, right? How, how much of it is Houston's really good versus their comp is really bad or Rutgers isn't that good versus their comp is just really good, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Nova Winthrop. This was this was a close Everybody game. Called this one too. This was a close game happen. because Winthrop obviously only has like three or four losses in the season. Uh, Nova's missing one of their best players, and it, and it was close. Uh, Nova was pretty, I'd say, statistically average. 44-32-73 were their shooting numbers, which is I mean, about the mark of average. <laughs> In, yeah, in basketball, I mean, they they got out rebounded. They committed twenty one fouls. They still won by ten. I mean, thing is, Villanova in games like this, like I don't worry about them just because they're 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 so like well coached, and it just seems that their teams are, always are like. And they always team. have one or two guys who can just go for it, right? Well, but they also just I don't know their culture is very like calm under pressure. Even when they obviously they they have gotten upset a couple times this year, but they just I don't know. They, they took care of business. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl had 22 points. But I do think yeah, that they are, I mean, they they go on to face North Texas now. I mean, listen, I, I'm i not saying that's an automatic win for, for no. Nova again. Obviously, I'm not saying that after they just stomped Purdue. But if, if, if Villanova plays the way they did against Winthrop, I don't think they, I don't think they win, would win. Though. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then last game on Friday night, West Virginia, Moorhead State. This wasn't really close. West Virginia shot 50 from field, 50 from three. <clears throat> they actually got out-rebounded, which is interesting to me. Because you think of West Virginia, you always think of like really dominant, like just glass cleaners. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they only had six turnovers, played good defense, four to five starters, starters and double figures. Deuce McBride had 30 points, extremely efficient, 11 of 17, three of four from three. And then he also had six boards and six assists. I mean, he's... He's an underrated player. I know he's like a first-team All-American, whatever it may be, but he's like significantly underrated because everyone talks about Baylor's guards. But he's nuts. And he's a freak athlete, too. Anyway, West Virginia wins easily. We'll move on to Saturday's games. We have the the Saturday games. Another 5-12 that everybody was kind of looking at and thinking, is this going to happen, is this not going to happen? I think everybody was too high up on Georgetown. Yeah, uh, especially after their Big East championship. Yeah, um, Colorado shot 16 for 25 from three. For those of you who <laughs> I watched this. That's like 65%. I watched this game, and it, it really was just an, a thorough, thorough beatdown. Jabari Walker from Colorado, he had uh, 24 points off the bench in 20 minutes. He was <laughs> 9 for 10 from the field, including 5 for 5 from deep. Now I uh, don't. Colorado think, had three guys with twenty points. So. I don't think that's sustainable. But no, that is not sustainable. But my goodness, I think Colorado took it personally that everyone was like, "Yeah, Georgetown's easy upset here," because Georgetown really is terrible. They yeah. they and, really and, did just and get Pac-12, lucky. Pac twelve, I mean, Pac twelve continues their run in the first round. Yeah. Um, 
A team who honestly did not look great in their matchup was Florida State against UNC Greensboro. They avoided the upset, which, I mean, good for them. A lot of people <laughs> good, didn't. Good for them. But Florida State was 0 for 9 from 3, which is bad because, number one, they didn't hit any threes. Number two, they didn't attempt that many, which could be an issue for them later. Yeah, especially because they'll have to play either Michigan or LSU, both teams put up points. That can, especially that like from to, deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That like to shoot uh, from deep. Florida State is another one. They're just so long. They're so athletic. They have such great defensive personnel that they're always going to be in a game unless somebody really just heats them from behind the arc. Yeah. But I just I think there's such a hard ceiling to how good they can get when they can't shoot the deep ball, right? I mean, mm. especially, again, you talked about, like, LSU, Michigan. Like, that's so many teams in their little quarter of the bracket that like to shoot the deep ball and can shoot it well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, again, that game was a little sloppy. And I think just because yeah. UNC Greensboro was just... It's another case of just a mid-major, smaller team just... Scrapping. Yes, scrappy, hustle, just kind of irritating. Um, you know, a team like FSU, it was not a very entertaining... It's not that it wasn't entertaining. It's just it's just a little bit sloppy. Uh, KU Eastern Washington. This was a really good game. I watched this and yeah. it was close the whole way because the Groves brothers, which a lot of people were comparing it to, like uh, Super Bad, which is incredible. Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, <laughs> because the two brothers do look like those characters from the movie. Uh, I mean, they they went ballistic. And oh, they yeah. they honestly made it a, a really close game up until the last, like, five or six minutes of that game. Well, and the thing is, people are talking about this. Kansas's like, weakest position defensively is down low. And those Which two is guys, ironic. Those two, yeah, considering it's Kansas. Yeah. But those two guys just ate them. And they, the, thing, well, the thing is because they were, they were beating them down low, and they could step out and just shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was the highest paced game of the first round. There was 129 field goals attempted in this yeah. game. Yeah, not, not a whole insane. lot of defense. <laughs> no, not a whole lot. The of thing defense. is, like, if you look at Kansas, though, after this game, and I didn't think they were. I mean, again, obviously they're a three seed and they won a bunch of games, but, like, they deserve some respect, no, yeah. nothing about them really, like, jumps out Screams at me as being. Titled contender. Yeah, right? I, like, I think they're still on a, on upset watch against USC in the next round. Oh, hell yeah. Because. because We'll talk about it in a, in a minute, but I just I just think Kansas is is so vulnerable at multiple positions. I also feel like suspect. they're I feel like compared to in years past, they're also just not that deep too. Right? I feel like they no, usually I have a very deep bench, but it just doesn't seem that way this year. Uh, well, LSU used to having a dominant big, right? Yeah, like don't. it's been you know as Buki. If you look back a couple years, it was Embiid. You want to look even farther back, Perry Ellis, who was there for twenty years. Uh, they just always have like big. Next up. We had the Tigers and the Bonnies. Um, LSU both versus shot Bonaventure. Terribly. Uh, LSU just shot less terribly. <laughs> Bonnies were two for 20 from beyond the arc. Live and die by the three. Yeah, but Cameron Thomas from LSU, he had 27 points, including 11 uh, for 13 at the free throw line, former five star. I think LSU did not look as good as maybe we thought they would look. I mean, they still won, but I don't know. They're another one of these really up-and-down teams, right? Again, live and die from behind the arc. Well, yeah, because guess what? If they shoot well from three that game, they win by 30 instead of yeah, exactly. 15. I mean, exactly. that's the thing. They, they just the, the big concern about LSU is, like, do they decide to play defense that day? 
Yeah, and and and, and until they play, you know, Michigan in the next round, we won't know. <laughs> it's yeah. it's just one of those one of those things. Speaking of big uh, of the maize and blue, Michigan against Texas Southern. Um, not much to say here. Dickinson had 16 in 24 minutes, six for seven shooting. Michigan took care of business without Isaiah Livers. I will say, even without Livers, they looked smooth. They looked, yeah, they looked like good. well-oiled, which didn't that doesn't surprise me. But I just I still think once they play higher level opponents, they will miss Livers' like versatility yeah. on offense and defense. Yeah, but they're still obviously. Well, the one good. thing I will say is, considering their opponent, no disrespect to Texas Southern, they did not shoot as. Normally, when you see some of these one sixteen teams, you'll see the the one seed. They'll shoot like sixty percent from the floor. <laughs> they just can't get defended. Michigan shot pretty poorly considering the opponent. They just played really good defense. Again, obviously Dickinson and Franz Wagner, like they have really good defensive personnel. So yeah, and, and listen, if this is their off, this is their one off night in the tournament. They'll take that against obviously for their first round matchup because I don't think they shoot one of twelve going forward. They just, they're just too good not to. Um. Yeah, again, it's not a t- it's hard when the one seeds do beat up on the 16 seeds because there's just not a whole lot to say. Uh, UCSB Creighton. Now, this one was was a close game and another one that a lot we of people had pegged as an upset. And frankly, UCSB, UCSB should have won this game. They had a oh, yeah. wide-open look at the buzzer in the post, and the guy I just put a little too much sauce on it, and it bounced out bounced out of the, out of the bucket. But... Creighton looks so vulnerable, and they have for a couple weeks now. I mean, they really I with each game. This. Yeah, with each game, I just feel less and less confident in them, and and think that they're overseeded. I really do. And the thing is, yeah. we'll talk about it in a minute. But the team they're facing in the round of thirty-two looks looks way more impressive than they do. They do. Creighton didn't yeah. even shoot even that though, well. Yeah. Zagorowski played well, Karen, but that was it. I mean, them. he was seven of eleven, but the team. I mean, the team just did not look that good. They really don't. Yeah. Again, aside of Zagorowski, the rest of Creighton was 4 for 19 from behind the arc. And we, we hammer about these three-point stats. It's like, well, because they're not dominant down low either. So you got to, yeah, you know, exactly. hit from behind the arc, and they can't. So. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to face a team that shoots really well and, and you know. And, At least and, has the ability to, to and shoot can play really physical, well, right? And can play physical yeah. as well. Uh, Iona, Alabama. I had... Iona winning in one of my chaos brackets just because I wanted to see Rick Pitino in the next round. <laughs> it was a close game for for like it was, three it was quarters. A close game for a little bit. For three um, quarters. That was the best transition team in the tournament. Well, we knew There's this. No I mean, yeah. statistically, no I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but there are statistics that show that like Alabama's at their best when they're in transition because they're just they just run and and gun. I mean, they have Javon Quinterly, the the Nova transfer. He played great, and he's been great all season. And he's, I mean, that's his style of play is just, is, is, is transition. Move the ball down the court, yeah. But, but again, I, Iona made it a game, and let's be honest, the, the tournament is better with Rick Pitino involved. That is true. <laughs> I, I will say that Bama was a little bit suspect in the shooting department. Um, Especially from the again, line. Again, another one of these, yeah, very much from the line. Extremely much from the line. <laughs> another one of these teams that it's, it's kind of, if you catch them on a good night, like they can beat anybody in the field, but but they're those vulnerable. Good if they if they shoot more if, and more few and far between. If right? they shoot less than, you know, idea. If they if they shoot less than thirty five percent from three, I mean, they're extremely beatable. Yeah, 
because you can yeah, you can foul their bigs and, and you can be confident that they're not going to hit their free throws. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Drake, USC. This was close for a little while, but USC pulled away after halftime. Uh, Evan Mobley, again, we talked we've talked about it multiple times. If you have a player of Evan Mobley's caliber or like a Cade Cunningham in March, you can carry that very far just because. Yeah. I mean, they can just take over a game and. And he didn't have, like, individually, he didn't have, like, a completely, like, jaw-dropping performance, but he did control the game right in the paint. Like, him and his brother for USC. I will say, though, this USC team is going to go only as far as Evan and Isaiah Mobley can carry them. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, the rest of their players are, I, you know, nothing extremely... Nothing exceptional. Yeah, exactly. They are elite defensively. They kind of remind me of Florida State. In a way, like they're elite defensively, shooting's a little bit suspect. And their programs right? are kind of similar because they always just have, they send so many Great guys to the recruits. league that end up being yeah. very good, even yeah. if they don't necessarily win a ton of games. And Florida State obviously wins a ton of games, so that's part's different. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting though because they're they're just such a hard defense to break because even like Edie at guard for them, he's always you know a bit of a pest. And then again, obviously the Mobley brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to play a lot of high-scoring games in this tournament. It's going to be a whole lot of 62-58s, you know, kind of <laughs> grind them out yeah. sort of affairs. Uh, Iowa Grand Canyon, it wasn't the blowout I think a lot of people expected. They they won by like 15, right? Yeah, but for out. a 2-15, Iowa looked good. They shot well, which is honestly their biggest – that's their biggest concern because if they have an off night, they're so vulnerable, and that's what we saw in the Big Ten season – uh, Luca Garza got whatever he wanted, four or five from deep, twenty-four and six overall. Again, you never. There's not much of a concern that Luca Garza is going to show up because he's very consistent, right? He puts yeah. up his numbers, he does his part. It's it's really yeah, just if show if up. if Bohannon shows up and shoots well, if Wieskamp shows up and shoots well, that's the big concern for Iowa because if they if they have an off night, they are extremely beatable as well because. They're not exceptional defensively, not even remotely no, exceptional. Not even a little bit. So, so they really are reliant on shooting from well from from deep, and they shot well last yes. night. So they they move on. But I do think that they are they are not making as deep a run as people think. Uh, Maryland UConn. My heart wanted UConn to win. I think a lot of people had UConn winning just because Maryland looked so lukewarm all season. But Maryland took it right to them, uh, yeah. even though they I were seated seated higher than them. Yeah, Ayala played great, twenty-three and five, eight of eight of fourteen from the field, three of five from deep. Book Knight, not a great game from him, uh, which is unusual. He's played so well this season. Yeah, UConn just not one of their best games this season, and unfortunately at like the worst possible time. Maryland advances. We both got that wrong, unfortunately. Not not much else to say. I don't. I mean. Um. Hmm. I still don't know if I like Maryland in their next matchup. I, yeah, I don't I know. know. I was like, do I do I say <laughs> something bold? But I, I still don't think. I don't think. I think their trip ends in in the round of thirty two. Uh, Ohio UVA. Now this one I'm very passionate we about because this, I we this game. and I had I had Ohio over UVA from the start. Ohio, I listen, do people don't give the Bobcats enough credit. Jason Preston puts up sixteen seven and seven. They shoot really well from three. They have of enough. They have enough of a physical presence down low that they're not going to just get bullied around. And guess what? Last night they they knocked off UVA and they looked good doing it. I think they just exposed Key like 
Kihei Clark and that and that UVA backcourt for just being. <laughs> I'll I'll let you take over. Good. I know you 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 feel very strongly about this matter, so I'll let you take over. I, I just <laughs> Virginia's guards are just such paper tigers, man. They're not elite shooters from deep. They can't penetrate at all, right? I mean, look at their shooting numbers. Kia Clark was like three for ten, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. can't score. And the thing is, you can say, oh, well, Preston only had 11 points. Yeah, he also had eight assists, and though, and he was boards. efficient. And he was efficient. Yeah, Max Cause, Vanderplas. Cause, yeah, because Vanderplas was doing the scoring for them. And, and I just think that the Virginia system of offense, it's just – I think it's, it's good for putting up – Flashy stats in the regular season when people, let's be fair, don't play as hard, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the tournament where like people are putting everything on the line, I just think that, and yeah. I know people are going to say, oh, but Virginia won a national title playing the same. Yeah, Virginia won a national title playing that way with like five NBA players. On yeah, the team. DeAndre not... Hunter, Ty Jerome, and Kyle Guy, all three of them. And, and Diakite. Yeah, yeah, and, and Diakite. And Jack Salt, right? Yeah. Like, literally, literally five NBA players. Virginia's Diakite. best player right now is worse than all five of those players. Exactly. Um, UVA is always going to be good in the regular season because they play tactically sound. But when they don't have the great personnel, that they get exposed. I mean, they've gotten exposed. They got exposed by UMBC, right? And now they're going to get exposed by Ohio. Yeah, two and teams I think, that shoot the ball well and and play scrappy defense, and that's it. Uh, Ohio goes on to play Creighton, who we were talking about. Didn't look that impressive. I'm I'm picking Ohio. I'm picking Ohio. Ohio looked way more impressive. They did. They really do. And hot take, I think they have two out of the three best players in this matchup. Yeah. I think Preston and Vanderplas are, are 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 better than anybody on Creighton that's not named Zagorowski. I would agree with you. Uh Missouri OU. Uh this was a shootout, both teams oh, yeah. over forty percent from deep. And it came down to the wire, honestly. Uh it, it was a good game. Which I think a lot of people saw it's the eight nine matchup. It's usually it's usually a very close closely contested game. OU uh just edged them out. Brady Manic. Young Larry Bird, oh, five heater, nine from yeah. deep, for Oklahoma, and he's like one of their X factors, right? When he's hitting, yeah, he's, he's made over like three hundred. Reeves and Hart was corners. combined for about forty. Yeah, well, is, I, I had OU bad. winning this game. Me too. Uh, just because Missouri's looked shaky recently, uh, mm-hmm. at, towards the end of the season, I should say, but OU looked good. They really did, and and they'll go on to play play Gonzaga, and I actually think they'll give Gonzaga a little bit of a, a of a scare at some point in this game, just because they shoot so well. But I do think Gonzaga yeah. takes, takes care of business. Yeah, I think Gonzaga down low is too strong for them. Yeah, and I and I would say that's probably the difference maker in that matchup. Uh, no. Speaking of Gonzaga, they I they beat Norfolk State, surprising <laughs> nobody. They won by forty. Not, Norfolk State. Not <laughs> a whole <laughs> lot to say about that one. Thanks for coming out, Norfolk State. Maybe next time. Better luck next year. That's just, that's just a tough, tough draw. Uh, Gonzaga looks exactly the way they should as, as one seed. Them. They are going to play in the national championship game. I am sorry. Uh, yes, I agree with this. Moving on. <laughs> UCLA, BYU. I had BYU. First of all, we got to talk about UCLA in the first four because I personally, I don't know. I I know you were flip-flopping on this one, but I had Michigan State beating UCLA in the first four. See, I, I, had, I had a feeling UCLA was going to win just because, one, I like rooting against Michigan State. And two, I just, like, Michigan State is so... Up and down. Yeah, and they had so many ups that they were due for a down. I don't know. I mean, Michigan State did throw away that game. I mean, they should have won. They threw it away. 
But UCLA, I don't think people give them enough credit. They're not the UCLA teams of the past. They're not super flashy, right? They have a very... They're just very sound across the board. They shoot fine. They have decent bigs. They take care of the ball, right? So it's not like the UCLA teams in past years. Most recently, I would, you know, most people would assume like the Lonzo Ball years where it was like him and TJ Leaf and, you mm-hmm. know, they were big names and, and like a top five team for the whole year. No, but this UCLA team is better than people think. It really is. And again, I had BYU winning whoever won that, that first four game. Um, and... I didn't. That's the only good thing is that but, I had. But UCLA is UCLA solid. UCLA is Yeah, the... BYU the shot poorly, which is a big part of their game because they're very guard-heavy. Um, oh, yeah. Harms, the Purdue transfer, he played well, had a double-double. Um, but UCLA, they just... Again, just kind of better across Prove the board. People wrong. Johnny yeah, Juzang's next. very underrated, and so is Jaime Hawkes. Honestly, in yeah. two fantastic names, first of all. Yeah, the J, I guess it's the J brothers, dude. The it's two double Juzang and Hawkes. I mean, that's yeah, a that's a great tandem name. Dude, that's a law firm right there. <laughs> Juzang and Hawkes. The five J's: Johnny Juzang yeah. and Jaime Hawkes Jr. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oregon VCU Sadly. no contest. VCU had, like, five positive COVID results, so they obviously had to forfeit. It's unfortunate because that's just a tough way to have your season end. But if you – I mean, I do think it's fair that the team that didn't break the protocol, you know, advances. So yes. Not a whole lot to say there. Oregon will go on to play uh, Iowa. That will actually be an interesting form. game. That will be an interesting game. And then the last yes. game. I'm big on the Ducks. I'm big on the Ducks. I know so. you are. I, I still mm-hmm. think well, Iowa's too solid. I know. I think they, Iowa will win, they will win. But I, 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 I like to root against Iowa. Especially so because fun. especially because Iowa's now had a game under their belt. They're going really again, so and cool. Oregon has to wait yet another couple games. And it'll technically be their first game, so they're just... I don't know. I just... I feel like that favors yeah, I Iowa. I think Iowa will win. I think Iowa will win. And then Even though course, I enjoy rooting against them. We couldn't, finish oh. the, we couldn't finish the round of 64 without a bang. So Abilene Christian... Buzzer beater upset against buzzer beater except not it was a free throws with like a second left on the clock and the guy was a fifty nine percent free throw shooter on the season and hits both of them to give Abilene Christian the lead and then they win which is I mean frankly I'm I'm always here for a Texas upset um, nothing against Texas but it's just Abilene uh, Christian making me eat my words just for the sake of the internet being at its peak peak form I'm always oh, yeah. here for a Texas upset. Dude, we had a Texas upset and a UVA upset in the same day. That is just... But the thing is, that those are the, really the only two upsets in day two. The first day was absolute chaos. Yeah. But yesterday, I say yesterday wasn't that bad, but I mean a four seed and a, and a three seed both lost. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. But but at the end of the night, Texas takes the L. Now, I, that, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but Shaka Smart's got to be on the hot seat after that because he is choked oh, yeah. with incredible teams he, he he's gotten great recruits and they cannot win anyway i'm not gonna get into that abilene christian i mean they had a, a 13 offensive boards which i didn't see coming because because texas bigs are so good jericho sims uh is, is yeah, very I mean, good it was an ugly game. around that game though i mean the game in general it was 53 to 52 yeah it, no it was not well. a very pretty game abilene christian forced 22 turnovers 16 fouls i mean they just Gritty got in there. They were scrappy, dude. Hey, man, after watching the Abilene Christian coach dance on him like that, 
Watch out for Abilene Christian, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> bet the house. Bet the house. Bet the house on Abilene Christian. I wouldn't do that. Please no, don't. No, do not. Don't, do not. Do, do, not, do, do not, not take this do show that. as financial advice. No, no. But listen, let's, I'm just going to go through. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, nine. double-digit double seeds made it to the round of 32. It's like 30%. That's, That's I listen so as much as it pains me to say because my team is one of the teams that got upset. I love when we get all these random teams because like guess that. what, all of a sudden because because it's some of these matchups are wild all of a sudden. Well, and it's also we could ha- we could have a couple double digits in the in the in the Sweet Sixteen, right? Like usually you or get one, more, yeah. But this year it could be you know it could be two or three. We'll see. I I still think if we're looking at round of thirty two games that intrigue me, I'm looking at Rutgers Houston, just because we don't we know Houston's good, but how good is good? You know what I mean. And Rutgers yeah. has underachieved this year, in my opinion, and I think they have the uh, the personnel that they can just have a great night. Syracuse, if they shoot the lights out again, they could give West Virginia a tough time. Oregon State, all of a sudden, looks like a legitimate. And again, I know, that, I know that and Oklahoma Chalk State looks bad in the first game. I know Chalk says Florida State is is uh, is favored over Colorado, but I don't know, man. Colorado looked really good. In and if they State shoot sixty really percent from three, yeah. nobody's beating them. I mean, UCLA, Abilene Christian is a double digit matchup. Automatically, yeah. we're getting a double digit in in the Sweet Sixteen there. And Abilene we could Christian get a second if really Maryland good. beats Bama, right? We could get a second if Maryland beats Bama. So there's there's all, and and Ohio over Creighton. You know how I feel about that. We've got all these really yeah. good matchups in the next round. That how I do think. you feel about Oregon State, Oklahoma State? I think Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma might like. I mean, doable. my brain tells me Oklahoma State, but again, if Oregon State shoots fifty percent from three and Oklahoma State shoots thirty percent, yeah. then then who knows? I know Cade Cunningham's the best player in the country, but. Possible. You never know, dude. I, I think, honestly, I'm liking Oral Roberts against Florida, dude. I'm I do too. At that I and really I'm thinking, do. And I'm liking UNT against Nova, man. Like I, after, there, UNT after play, the first round, I don't know if it's recency bias. It probably is, but all of a sudden, I feel very differently about some of these uh, these matchups going forward. But, um, dude, yeah. you know what? Give me, give me all of them. I want to see all the double. At, at this point, yeah. At this point, I want the most chaotic thing we can possibly have. I want to see. I want to see Oral Roberts in the Elite Eight versus Wisconsin. All right, <laughs> dude. Give me, give me Oral Roberts in the Final Four, dude. Give me that. Anyway, uh, give me all that. Round of thirty-two starts today. We'll be watching those games all day, and uh, you know we'll 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 have we'll we'll reconvene in two days. In and we'll talk days, about those yeah. games so uh, and see what more chaos ensues. Anyway, uh, anything you want to add? No, um, I'm gonna be binge watching all of these games and staying up very late because I don't want to miss any of them. Especially now that all the matchups are so nutty. Hey. Best time of year. I've got nothing else to do, man. Best time of year. Anyway, that's an episode. See ya.